everybody, welcome to another episode of Everyday Strong with Dr. Michael G. Daniels. This is your host, C.B. Baker, and I hope everyone out there had a wonderful uh, Thanksgiving. I know I did. I ate very good, and it was my daughter's fifth birthday, so I had an extra reason to uh, celebrate the holiday. But before we get into our topic, I'd like to bring to the show uh, Dr. Michael G. Daniels. Uh, good day to everybody, and um Likewise, um, uh, I hope everyone did enjoy the Thanksgiving. I know I had a great time, spent time with my family. Uh, and so it's always great to be with family and friends and, uh, you know, watch the game and, and saw who lost and who won. And I was pleased yeah. with the outcome of most of the football games uh, over the yeah. holiday season. So it's a great time. And, uh, and as always, I'm just pleased to be here and able to just talk with folk about um, how to be everyday strong. Yeah. You know, one thing, uh, uh, Pastor, I wish they would like schedule the games a little bit better, you know, like put better teams against one another. Like, you know, okay, I get it. The Detroit Lions has got to be up there every year Mm -hmm. and the Cowboys, but at least you could schedule them to play good teams. So you had at least a decent game. Well, I would say that Dallas played a good team. Yeah, because they lost. <laughs> so, so, so the issue isn't isn't whether or not Dallas played a good team, right? The issue is whether or not Dallas was a good team. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they definitely going through some uh, uh, growing pains right now, <laughs> right? So, but okay, now we uh, now we'll get back to the, our conversation because you know, this isn't a sports podcast. Um, so, Doctor Daines, we was talking earlier about. Uh, how you got into ministry. So we want to really dive into that and what really drove you to this. Well, you know, I, I got to tell you, um, entering to the ministry was the furthest thing from my mind. Yeah. I, I certainly uh, had no desire um, to, to, to serve in that capacity. Um, you know, I was going through, I guess, a self-imposed rough time, basically. And like most rough times are self-imposed. Right. You know, so I'm going through a self-imposed rough time. And, and my mother, who was um, being uh, motherly at the time, um, recognized that I I was probably not in a mood to listen to her. Like, you know, most um, young men, you know, once you get that status, you're less likely to really listen to your mom. You hear her. Right. I don't mean you're listening well. So at any rate, she invited um, the pastor of the church over. Um, and what she told me was that um, she had someone coming over and she just wanted me to be there when they got there. And she didn't right. tell me why. How, how old are you when this happened? At this time, I'm probably, uh, I'm about 22. So I'm 22. Okay. And so, um, no, actually, I take that back. I'm still, I'm tw- yeah, I'm 22 at this time. So actually, so he gets there. And um, and we're having a conversation and whatnot. And then he asked me, you know, what was I doing? And, you know, what was my aspiration? And I, I explained it to him. Then he asked me, of course, he said, well, let me ask you a question. You know, are you saved? And I said, I go to church all the time. He said, I didn't ask you that. <laughs> I asked you, are you saved? Right. And I said, well, you know, I, I've been in church since I was a child. I believe in Jesus as, you know, uh, that he is the son of God. He said, oh, I get that. He said, but the devil believes too. <laughs> Have mm-hmm. you received him as your, you know, savior? So we're having a conversation. He said, let me ask you a question. He said, how are things going in your life right now? And I said, well, you know, they're going okay, but they could be better. And so he said, let me um, propose something to you. He said, why don't you come to church every Sunday for a month? Why don't you commit to living your life as if you were, say, for 30 days. Okay. He said, if things don't get better in 30 days, go back to the devil. 
he will surely take you back at any time. <laughs> and so I just said, okay, just because I didn't want to hear him talk to me anymore. Right. So I said, okay. But because he was, you know, an elder, and you know, in, in the sense that he was a lot older than I was, I said, I'll go ahead and at least show up. And that's how it started. And so I did. I came to church, every, you know, um, every Sunday. Uh, I participated. If he asked me to do something, you know, I did it. Right. And at the end of 30 days, I must admit, uh, my situation changed. Right. I got a call. I got reinstated in the federal government. And and so it was like things were picking up again. Right. Now, um, I did like people always do. <laughs> When things pick back up, you, you slid back you out. You slid back out. I slid back out. <laughs> right. Uh, but when things got bad again, it dawned on me that, hey, you know what? I had made a commitment and, and things had worked when I did what he told me to do. Right. So I went back. And when I did go back, just like before, things picked back up. And, and I realized that it was not just about going to church, it wasn't just about saying, I believe in God. It was about changing my actions and, mm -hmm. and allowing my actions to mirror what the Bible was teaching. And that certainly didn't have the knowledge I have now. Right. But but the basics, I started doing that. And, and, and the more I did it, the, the more confidence I gained back in myself and the more things start picking up. And it dawned on me that, you know what, every day can be a good day. Right. And that the only reason it's not a good day is because we make the decisions to say it's not going to be a good day. That's a very good point. So now you're you're 22 and you went you went a you went a month, mm -hmm. and then you took after everything turned around. You said, you know what, I can ease back a little bit. I took a six six months of back. So so six months. <laughs> okay, so when things started gradually going back to being not as good, right. I ain't gonna say that it was bad. Let's say it's not as no, good. It's not as good, right? Right. So you end up going back. So the second time around was that the one that stuck? That's the one that stuck, you know, and 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 at that time, um, I, I, it was kind of like, you know, I, I made up my mind that, you know, why am I so stupid? You know, what am I really giving up? And right. that was the key. What am I really giving up by not since being sincere, you know, with with and following what I had been taught because I had been in church all my life, mm -hmm. but I had made up my mind that as soon as I got old enough. Um, to stop going to church, <laughs> I was going to stop going. <laughs> right. But then it dawned on me, you know, what did I gain by not going? And really, I gained nothing. I lost a lot. And so being a fairly intelligent individual, I just did the math and said, hey, you know what? If it ain't working, why am I still doing it? Right. If I'm miserable, why am I still doing it this way? And so I switched up and did it the other way. And, and I got to tell you, I've never looked back since that point in time. And, and, and every day is always a better day. You know, it's always more positive. I'm always moving forward. I can honestly say I have never had a setback since I have been committed to serving and, and, and being a positive force the way the scripture outlines it, you know, and, and I'm not, that's not to say that I have always obtained more financial wealth because right. like most people, when they were financial downturns, you know, they were financial downturns. But what I'll say is this, I never, I never suffered personally because of it. Right. You know, when one door closed, another one opened and I mean opened immediately. And so what should have been a bad thing for me always end up being a great thing for me, you know, and, and I'll give you a classic example. And this is of course down the road a piece. Mm -hmm. um, and many people know that, you know, I'm a, I'm a private pilot. 
And so uh, I thought to myself, you know what? I want my own plane, you know? And of course, you know, most folk would say, fool, what you going to do with a plane? <laughs> right, I'm, I'm right. The same thing you do with a boat. Right. You know, it's just Because like, most black folks, they got planes. Well, but but they'll buy a boat, though, you <laughs> right, know? That's right. So I said, hey, let me get, get a plane. Anyway, you know, when the market dipped, you know, when the market dipped, and, and and we had the housing bust, right? Right. Which really should have been a bad time because I had some real estate holding. Uh, but uh, I, I, I was looking on the internet and I saw where this guy was selling the plane. So I, I go down there to talk with him and his wife had said, because he was in real estate, either got get, get rid of, one of three things has to go, the plane, the boat, or the house. Mm. He said, I can sleep on the boat. I can't sleep on the plane. Now, he hadn't finished paying for the plane, but she said, it's got to go. Right. So he said, I don't need you to pay me what I paid for it. I need you to pay me what I owe on it. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Right. So what was a downturn ended up being a blessing for me. Right. And that's what the Bible says, is that if we follow God, those things that others have stored up, we will be able to take advantage of. And that's how it's always been. You know, ever since I got made that commitment, that's how it's always been. So I say every day is always uh, a, a good day. Not right. that bad things don't happen, but they end up somehow, I get good from it. Right. And then also end up being a blessing for the guy that you bought the, the plane from. Hey, absolutely. Because now he didn't have that, he didn't have that payment anymore. Right. You know, and, and I was able to get a plane for about two thirds of the value. Right. I mean, you know, what it would have cost me had I bought it outright. Right. So I got another question. So is, is the church that you went to, is it the same church, Enoch Baptist? It's the same church. You know, I, I went to Enoch when we were a um, very small church. Um, Dr. E.C. Walton um, was the pastor. And um, what he said to me at that time was, you know, he said, well, you know, you you probably, uh, well, I was in college. And um, he said, are you, what do you plan? You plan on finishing up? I said, of course I do. And I finished college. And he said, well, you ought to consider going to seminary. And um, because he apparently saw something in me in that right. regard. And so um, initially I was hesitant, uh, but I did. Um, wasn't easy because by then I'm married and have children. Right. But I went to seminary and um, graduated. And again, it was it was always it was it just always worked out well. So how, how are you now at this point? Currently? 59. No, not, not now. Yeah, okay. At this point in the story. Oh, at, point, oh, at that time. I was probably about 25 when I went to seminary. Okay. About 25. And, uh, or maybe a little older. I take it back, I was older. I got my master's when I was 26, so I was about 27 at that time. Okay. And, uh, but, uh, but what happened also was that right when I was in seminary, he retired. Hmm. And so he called me in one day and said, um, I'm going to retire. Right. And I want you to plan my retirement. And I'm like, well, okay, I'll do that for you. And I planned his retirement because at the time, another church was asking me to come and pastor. Okay. And so when he told me to plan his retirement, I just paused a little bit, planned his retirement. And then I happened to be uh, out of town one day and I got a call from one of the members of the church and said, I heard you was going to be another church. And I said, yes. And she said, well, if we select you, will you stay home? Right. And I said, sure. So I stayed home. Wow. And that's how I became the pastor. At that time, we had about, I say our average attendance was about 25 members. 
cool. So that so that fast, you went from 22 to 27, 27, 28-ish, mm-hmm. you end up being a pastor of a church. Right. Uh-huh. Yep. So you went from, you had, you knew the bare, you knew the like basic basics of church. Right. Well, I mean, because I, I work with them. I mean, I'm saying I'm saying I started um, seminary about that time, but okay. I served under him for three years. Gotcha. Uh, gotcha. And and um, as as his assistant, you know, for three years. Uh, now, did I know church? No, because serving under a pastor does not tell you what it is to be a pastor. Right. It's just like someone who's your assistant has no clue to what you really do. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> they think they do, right. but they don't. And so like most people who are serving as someone's assistant, I thought I knew. Uh, but I didn't really learn it until I became the pastor. So what was one of the biggest things that you thought you knew that you had basically you was completely just blindfolded to what really went on? I I think one of the things that confused me the most is I expected people um, to somehow uh, not be people. You know, I I expected people to to somehow be, um, uh, I guess, what you might see in the movies kind of thing. Like, you know, uh, when I heard people testify and they say, I got saved and. I mean, God just took the taste of alcohol right out of my mouth and right. took the smoking right out of my mouth and da-da-da-da. And that's what I was expecting, you know, um, because I really hadn't counseled people yet. I really didn't see people, the realness of people. What right. I saw is the, the praise that went on inside the church. Right. Once I became the pastor, what I realized is, is that the church is, in a, and, and this is not a, it's not something that I've, May that I, you know, faulted myself. I'm repeating something another pastor told me mm-hmm. that I realized was true. The church is like a hospital. It is a place where people go when they are sick. And no hospital is filled up with people who are healthy. Right. Every hospital is filled up with people who are sick, who need care, who need surgery. Right. And oftentimes never recover fully from their ailment. Right. That's what the church is. It's a group of people that come because they need help. And so the church is filled with sick people right. who may go through all the things that the scripture tells them to go through, but that doesn't mean they fully recover from their ailment. Yeah. And so that, that I had, but when I got it, I got it. Right. You know, that that's what the church is filled with. So things that used to disappoint me about people changed. And yeah. I realized that, hey, you know what? These are the same folk that used to be in the club. Right. Now they're in the church. Their desires haven't changed. Yeah. Same, similar thing happened to me. I had, um, uh, my, one of my former employees, HR, um, director, she told me the exact same. I went to her. I said, I said, I just don't like going to church because people are so hypocritical. And she sat me down. She said, CB church is like, Mm -hmm. uh, it's like a hospital. Mm Mm-hmm. And then when she broke it down to me like that, it changed my paradigm, so to speak, right, my point right, of view. Right. I was like, yeah, you know what? You're right. So everybody in here, I'm assuming that everybody's in here is perfect. And it's fought so farther from the truth. It's not even funny. Right. No one. No, no one. In fact, here's the other thing. If you studied the Bible, here's what you find, that no one was perfect. Right. In, in fact, what the Bible does is it outlines the imperfections of people. I mean, that's really, if you, if you really study the, 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 the people in the scripture, mm-hmm. it really highlights their imperfections and not their perfections. 
What it highlights is what God was able to do with them, even though they were imperfect. Right. That's what it highlights. So that's been my mantra is that these people, when you look at their accomplishments, were just phenomenal. I mean, you think about their phenomenal accomplishments, but yet they had all these imperfections. Take Moses, for example. Look at what he did. He goes to Egypt, right? And he tells Pharaoh, he tells Pharaoh, who in the Egyptians' eyes is a god. Right. And here is a man who has been afraid that they're going to kill him. But he goes back and he approaches Pharaoh, a god in the eyes of the Egyptians, and says, let my people go. Right. (laughs) You know, and so an ordinary man who, by the way, had a speech impediment. Right. Right. So here's a man with a speech impediment that's going before Pharaoh to, to, to outline to him why he must let the people go. Right. Now, isn't that a kick in the head? Yes. So, so here you got this guy that, that, that left terrified for his life, you know, who comes back and, and is able to do that. And so that says, wait a minute. If this guy by himself could come to Egypt at that time, the most powerful nation on earth— and convince Pharaoh to let all of his slaves go right. without a fight. Yeah. That's living every day strong. <laughs> yeah, that most definitely <laughs> That's is. That's living every day strong. And if he can do it, then we can do it. And see, it wasn't about him being perfect. David, another example. Here's a young man who we know was not perfect, right? D- David, we know he wasn't perfect, right? Because David had his Beersheba. Here's a man that 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 has one of his one of his closest individuals killed just because he wanted the man's wife. Right. Okay. That's 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 the, that was his character, right? But yet, David was considered a man after God's own heart, the greatest king that Israel ever had. Right. David was a shepherd boy. He did not, he was not born in a kingly lineage per se. His father was not a king, but David was a shepherd boy. So if David can become a king, then that would tell me that we all can because David lived every day strong. When David was going against Goliath, the question was, how do you think you can beat Goliath? And David said, hey, when the lion came and tried to take one of the lambs, I killed the lion. Yeah. When the bear came, I killed the bear. David's position was, I live every day strong. Every day, no matter what challenge comes to me, I know I can defeat it. Right. And, see, and that's, the, that, that's what we are trying to put forth here in this podcast, is that every day, no matter what the obstacles are that you come against, you can defeat them because you can step out being strong every day. Yeah. So... Now you you've been pastor now. How long have you been pastor? Since nineteen eighty nine. Since nineteen eighty nine. Yeah. So without giving um any names, um, what has been some of your most like glorious moments where you sit there, you gotta just pat your own self on the back? Well, uh I won't say pat myself on the back, but I'll I'll say it's it's difficult to say a moment, you know, and the reason why I say this is this. When I see the result of people's lives, you know, that's what really just thrills me. When I, when I see people who have come in broken, when I see people who've been abused 
and um, and I watch where they are now. And that process may take some sometimes ten years. You know, it mm-hmm. may take five years. It may take it's it's, it's rarely instantaneous. You know, uh, but when I see what they have accomplished and how they have overcome situations and how they are living their lives now. Again, it goes back to, to our mantra, they're living everyday strong. They may have been abused, you know, when they were children, they may have been abused as teenagers, but they're, they're not they're not going through that anymore. Right. And they're not letting their past dictate their future. And that's what gives me so much joy when I see how they have moved on. You know, when I look in the parking lot now, for example, see, I remember a time when, you know, the newest car in the parking lot was always my car. Right. And now I look in the parking lot and I have the oldest car in the parking lot because I see the people and how they have progressed and how now they are living life large. They're living to the fullest. And it's not necessarily because, you know, they have so much money. It's because they have allowed God to bless them in a way that every day is a great day. So they're living every day to the fullest. They're enjoying every day of life. They're smiling more. They're laughing more. And they may have some difficult times, but the times don't dictate to them how they feel. They keep moving forward. And they're they're stronger every day. And the more they get kicked down, the more they rise to the occasion. And I think that's what's so thrilling for me. Now I'm going to ask you uh, a pastoral question for some of your other colleagues. Mm -hmm. What are some of the things that you dislike about the old churches overall and the direction it's going? You know, to me, the the church uh, has gotten to a point where we have brought too much of the world into the church, Hmm. you know, where the primary focus is not on helping people build their lives, but the primary focus is on building a bigger church for the sake of building a bigger church. Gotcha. And so the focus has gotten off of the people, but focus is now on the pastor and, and, and you know, and how he can be a prominent figure and, you know, in these kinds of things. So I think that to me is the most disappointing thing about, about the church today. But I realize that a pastor is a human too. Right. We all have our faults. And even through those faults, the beauty of it is that God still takes that fault and still makes it so that he gets the glory. And so even though I don't appreciate how some of the, uh, the, you know, the way the church is moving forward, I do marvel at still how God operates even through all that, you know. And, and that's not everybody. Everyone that has a big church doesn't have a big ego, right? you know, because right. uh, there are some folks that have small churches that have big egos. Yeah. You know, that's, you know, they have five names or five titles, you know, <laughs> Right. Bishop, you know, apostle, doctor, you know. Or, or, or they be standing up there asking for the oil to yeah. anoint somebody. Yeah, and they got, all, you know, all these different titles. They haven't gone to seminary school, but yet they, you know, the doctor so-and-so. Right. Uh, they're calling themselves bishop when, they, you know, they don't have several churches under them, under their leadership. Right. You know, and they'll say, uh, I'm international now. Uh, because one of their members happened to be in the military and stationed in Afghanistan, you know, uh, you know, <laughs> these kind of things, which, right. you know, uh, that, that's that's putting the focus on the wrong place to me. And I think that's, do, do that's you what's think sad. that those type of people that's doing that is bringing down or watering down the the brand, so to speak, of everything? Well, I think the, the church has always been under attack. So I don't think they are responsible for the attack of the church because it's always been that way. Uh, you know, uh, the enemy of the church is not going to sit down and be still. That we can take to the bank. So right. that's it's always been throughout the history of the gospel. There have been attacks on the church. There have been people that said the church was not doing its job. So I don't blame them for that. 
Uh, it's just a, I, I guess what I would call a, a flaw in personality that right. they have. But again, they're not alone in having flaws. You know, we all have flaws. I have flaws. We all have flaws. Right. Those are just the ones that I think um, um, cause uh, the church to sometimes get a bad name. It allows right. the enemy of the church a mechanism to put the church down. When the person themselves are not bad, you know, just because I call myself all these titles don't mean I'm a bad person. Right. I may even be doing a lot of good. Uh, but if if my if the way I position myself gives people a reason to bring me down, that can kind of harm things, you know, right. uh, just like, for example, some churches have um, um, Jersey Day, for example. You know, right. And I wear a football jersey. Nothing wrong with it. Not one thing wrong with it. Uh, but. It gives people a reason to say, well, I thought it's probably worshiping God. Right. You know, are they worshiping their teams? Are they worshiping God? Right. Now, the clothes you wear has nothing to do with, you know, what you worship. Right. But, it's, you know, I'm just saying, and, I, and again, don't want nobody to get mad and, and, and call in and complain. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying it opens the door for criticism. Yeah, it, it definitely does. So now with with one thing I have noticed that you don't do and, and we have sat in meetings and I've even like the pastor we've got to do this you, you got to put it on the board one thing I, I will say I can count on one hand how many times you've asked for money from the pulpit I don't believe in begging for money yeah. number one I just don't believe see I don't think that um, I don't think that it is my responsibility to ensure that the church thrives and that I don't. And and I got that from my pastor who's passed, the founder of the church. Right. And speaking to him, what now that he, now this is not what he did, but this is what he told me to do. <laughs> Put it out there right now because right. I love Dr. Walton. But Dr. Walton would pass the plate around minimum, minimum of five times for offering. That was a minimum. Wow. We've gotten up to seven or eight times. Okay. As a matter of fact, one of my friends counted one time and said, brother, y'all pass the plate around 10 times today. Okay. Wow. So he would pass it. But here's what he said to me one time. Um, and I was, you know, kind of dis disenchanted and complaining. And he said, Jesus said to Peter, feed my sheep. He said, do you understand what that means? I told him I did. And so he said it again. Do you really understand what that means? And then finally I said, no, tell me. He said, why are you complaining about sheep that don't belong to you? Right. He said, Jesus told Peter, they're not your sheep. They're mine. Your job is to feed them. He told Peter, upon this rock, I build my church and the gates of hell should not prevail against it. See, if it's God's church, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. If it's my church, right. problems can arise. So my belief is I, it's, it's God's church. You know, it's, it's in God's hands. And so since it's in God's hands, then I don't have to beg for money. God will provide. And that's, that's just the way I've always looked at it. Um, and again, nothing wrong with, you know, what other pastors do. You know, that's their thing. Um, I always try to tell people, here's what, here's, here's, here, here are the programs we're trying to run. This is what we're trying to do. Right. And if the Lord don't touch your heart, the Lord don't touch your heart. And we're going to move on. Yeah. Well, that's very good. Um, so anything else that you'd like to bring uh, to this episode before we close out? Well, you know, I'll I tell you one thing I, I would like to just stress to our, our listeners, um, and, and that is, is simple. A, a part of living every day strong is recognizing 
what you're living for. And I think what for many people, a part of their the problem is they live for themselves. Right. You know, if you live for yourself, you're always miserable. And so what I would encourage people to do is stop living for yourself and live to better somebody else. Make it your mission to make those around you better. You'll get more joy out of life and you will find that you will accomplish more. But it also always comes back to you. You know, at the end of the day, we all will die. That's what we know. And you don't want to die and no one cares. Right. You know, then your reason for being here has not been met. So I say one of the key factors of living every day strong is using your strength to help other people so they can be strong. Well, you heard it from the pastor. Make sure you help other people out. This is your host, C.B. Baker. 